Welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment, stick around. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yeah, the pun is totally intended. And now, here's your host, the Blind Jesus Freak himself, Mike Calvo. All right, here we are once again. It's the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast. My name is Mike Calvo, and this is episode numero dos, number two. I can't believe it. Not that it's number two, but that some people actually downloaded the uh, podcast. They listened. Many, many thanks to a wonderful team of folks that are working behind the scenes here at the podcast. We have uh, Lisa Salinger, and she is handling the voice chat tonight. Uh, I, I'm sorry, the text chat. And the uh, we, we have a voice chat beforehand. And if you'd like to come in kind of before the uh, podcast begins recording on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. We start recording right around 9 or so, 9, 9.05 in there, you know. But uh, we get in here around 8.30, 8.45 and just start goofing around and getting things ready and go through our notes. And if we have other guests, making sure that they sound okay and all that. We also have Jamie Pauls with us, uh, and uh, he's uh, helping Lisa do uh, what they do behind the scenes. And we have a wonderful group of folks in our text chat. I'd like to remind you that if you are in the text chat and you have questions for myself or for any of the folks on the podcast tonight or any night, you're welcome to post them up and we will answer them. Also, prayer requests. Prayer requests are handled not only here, but at info at blindjesusfreak.com. You can send us your prayer requests or your testimonies, any of that kind of thing, and we will do our very best to read them not only here, but we will certainly take them with us as we sneak away after the podcast into the SamNet Fellowship Room. If you are a member of the SamNet community, you are welcome to join us in the Fellowship Room where we'll do a little fellowshipping and we will also do a whole lot of praying for your prayer requests and just have a great old time in the Lord over there and uh, and just hang out. So please do take advantage of that. You can always visit us online at www.blindjesusfreak.com. There, amongst other things, you can follow us on Twitter at Blind Jesus Freak. You can contribute to the ministry. Remember, folks, the gospel is free, but ministry is not. Of course, no one here gets paid a salary, but it's always nice to, you know, kind of bless folks uh, when they spend their time. Uh, and it does take uh, some time to put these things together. So that's uh, as the Lord leads, no pressure, whatever, but it's right up there. You can use PayPal or whatever it is. And uh, that is my uh, push for support for the evening. But anyway, so let us open Open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians. Great book, Philippians. It was written by the Apostle Paul. And you know, Paul, as I said last week, was visually impaired. I'm intrigued by this guy because it's the first time that you really see blindness used by God to kind of get somebody's attention, see them healed. I mean, of course, we see it in Sodom and Gomorrah early on when the, the men of Sodom and Gomorrah were trying to do nasty little things to the angels at Lot's house. But, but you know, 
besides that, we see where Paul is blinded. He gets his sight back partially. And I say partially because of some of the way he wrote later in other books and other letters. He wrote uh, that he signed with his own hand and he was his own. He was a Pharisee. So the guy had an education. He could write. So he obviously needed someone to help write for him. I didn't know that uh, readers and writers went back that far, but there you go. So uh, Paul intrigues me. He went about opening churches, and the church at Philippi was one of his favorite churches. It was the only church, and Philippi was in Macedonia. And in the in the uh, notes, you're going to find a great commentary about the entire book of Philippians that you can check out. It's a rather lengthy read. It's about 98 or 99 pages, but it's available in PDF, and it is an accessible PDF. But you can uh, check it out, and it's a great read because it gives you a lot of background, a lot of historical information. You know, the church at Philippi was in Macedonia, and this is the only church that he allowed to support him. If you remember, Paul liked to support himself. He didn't take donations from anybody and none of that. He preferred to work on his own. He preferred to be a tent maker, or he he learned to be a tent maker, better said, and support himself. And it was interesting how, what a great relationship he built up with the Philippians. And he even refers to the Philippians and their support in uh, the letters to the Corinthians and all of that. The letter he's writing here was written 11 years after the church at Philippi was established. And at this point in Paul's ministry, he is sitting in a Roman jail. Roman jails at that time, people thinking, oh man, he's sitting in bars and, you know, behind bars and stuff. From what I understand, from what, what I've been able to study about Paul's life when he was in the Roman prison or in Roman jail, it was pretty liberal. He was able to get visitors. People were able to come and hang out with him and and visit with him and all that stuff. And so, needless to say, being in this prison was bad, but it wasn't the conventional prison setting that we think about today, you know, uh, where they let you out for an hour a day and you're on solitary confinement and that kind of thing. But he is writing this letter to the Philippian church 11 years after the church was established. And it covers in this commentary that the church must have been pretty well-rooted because 11 years is a long time at any church, and especially a small church like the church at Philippi that really maintained its culture and really maintained its dedication to Paul, its main apostle, for a long time. So we're going to read today from Philippians 4.11, okay? And uh, 4.11 to 4.13 are our verses Not that I speak from want. Now, this is uh, in 410. Let me give you a little background. They finally got a gift to Paul. It had been a while, I guess, since they had given a gift to Paul. And one of the things, of course, that comes up for me here is giving. Some people say, oh, the tithe was abolished. Some people say the tithe is, you know, biblical and it should still be in the New Testament because it was never removed. And, you know, the bottom line is that as Christians, we are called to give whether it be give of our time, give of our finances, give of encouragement. Jesus came to give. Jesus never came to take. And Jesus said, what I do, you'll do, and more. So if Jesus gave, Jesus didn't just give ministry. Uh, we see where he fed the 5,000. So he gave food, he gave nurture, he gave support, emotional, all kinds of support, physical. He would hug people, he would touch people. So I believe that we are called to give. So whether that be a lot or a little, listen, you know, whatever you give, 
Give freely and give of a joyful heart. If you're, oh, I gotta do this tithe thing. You know what? Keep it. God doesn't need it. In fact, the tithe and any form of giving is really done to expose your heart. I mean, if it hurts you to give of what God has given you, you need to check where you're getting it. Amen. But uh, so here the Philippians have finally finances, I guess, have gotten to a point and, and uh, where they can bless Paul. And Paul is saying, you know, it's, it's great that you've given to me in 410, you know, but not not that I speak from want. Paul has learned to be content in all situations. And this is something that I early on in my faith walk as a blind person, it really kind of struck me because I had never really dealt with blind folks except for from a training scenario until I got involved with Serotech and with the company and, and really started getting online in 1997 and meeting other blind people. And I met so many blind people that were very content. They were happy where they were. I've met a number of blind people as well as sighted people, but just people that, that are discontent. But if you're dealing with something in your life, if God has put a challenge in your life, be it blindness, be it uh, whatever, that you're overweight, that you have a bad habit, that somebody is continually bugging you or you're not happy in the job you're in or whatever, what Paul is saying here is, hey, man, I'm in a prison <laughs> and it may not be, you know, solitary confinement or whatever, but I'm behind bars. And I've learned, I've learned, I've learned to live, to be content. And the key word here, I think, is learned, you know, not that I speak from want, because I don't want anything. I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Paul was a Pharisee. Paul obviously came from some background, from some money, maybe. He had an education. He had means. Very educated guy. So here's a guy who had it going on. I mean, he was able to basically do whatever he wanted to do. And as God worked in Paul, and Paul said, I die daily. So as Paul kind of died to self, dying to self means learning to be content. And I think that as a blind person, that's one of the things that we need to understand is that if we can get the noise out of our lives, if we can get all the discontent, and and there are many things to be discontented about in life. And we all can be discontented about something if we look. But the reality is that if you're a Christian, God has taken over or, or is, is wanting to take over control of your life. Not necessarily for you, but so that he can accomplish his purpose in you and through you. So that means if you go through an adverse situation, if you go through a trying time, a trial time, a time of testing, it means that you're doing something that God is ordaining. God is allowing to happen in your life. God doesn't do it. You know, if you lost your job or or if, if uh, you got hit by a truck, God didn't send the truck to hit you. And God certainly didn't tell your boss to fire you. However, God is watching and God is orchestrating the world around you to react, respond, uh, to observe how you react and respond to the situations that you're put in. You know, so it's a very important thing to be aware of how you respond to things, not only because we want to please God, of course, and we want to, as Paul said, to be content in all things, but we also want the world around us to understand that, you know what, I'm going through this situation, whatever that situation may be, 
But you know, I'm keeping my eye on the prize, and my prize is walking with Jesus. It's living a daily life of contentment, understanding that things don't happen to me just by mistake. If something bad happens to me, ultimately God is going to find something good to demonstrate in my life, in me and through me, for His sake. And that may not necessarily always be for my sake. It may be for your sake, listener. It may be for someone else's sake. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times, and they say hindsight is twenty twenty. And yes, even for blind people, hindsight is twenty twenty. usually, where you go through a situation and you don't know what that situation is going to bring at the moment. And you're in the middle of the fire, as they say. But boy, when you look back, you say, man, you know, it was difficult, but boy, did I learn a lot. Pretty complacent, pretty lazy as human beings sometimes. And, and unless we're pushed, you know, we really won't step out. We won't really step out in faith and do what we need to do, especially for us blind folks sometimes, where we've got a world that says, oh, you know, they give us so many excuses to not do anything. I mean, I tell people all the time, hey, you know, I've got every excuse to sit at home and do nothing and collect a social security check and eat government cheese or not, if I don't like cheese. And anybody who's visually impaired, you do too. You have every excuse. The world gives us all excuses. But you know what? The world gives us excuses to do a lot of things that as Christians we need to choose not to do. The world gives us the choice to do a lot of things that are anti-God. And really, you know, one of the things that we're doing, if we're just sitting around and accepting the status quo, is we're not allowing God to flourish in our lives and to allow Him to accomplish His purpose in us and through us. But I digress. Verse 12, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. Now, this is where he's talking about getting along with humble means. And to me, it's funny because everybody knows how to live with prosperity. Anybody here not know how to live with prosperity? I mean, if you have prosperity, it's easy to look and say, yeah, I, I can afford that. I can afford that. But we've got to get along, you know, with humble means. Well, what does that mean? It just means to be a good steward. You know, the Bible says that if he can entrust us with a little and we steward well over a little, then he's going to entrust us with much. And what does entrust means? Well, it means to live within your means you know, to have what you need. And that doesn't mean that you always need to buy your stuff at Walmart. And you, I mean, live a little. You you know, I, I hear people talk, well, you're a king's kid. I sincerely believe that Jesus is our king. And I don't want to uh, step on anybody's toes by getting into a whole prosperity thing. But you know what? God gives us the freedom to where if he lays on your heart, if you see a need and you say, you know, I see that so-and-so needs something. I'm going to go give it to them. You know, if God lays it on your heart, go out and do it. If somebody needs a pair of shoes, if somebody needs just a gift, if you decide, you know, I want to take somebody out to lunch, I don't know if I can afford it. You know what, God, I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to him about you. I'm going to share. I'm going to just fellowship with him. Provide a way. And God is going to honor that. Step out in faith. God isn't going to always demonstrate 100% provision to you. But the point here, of course, is to be content. To be content whether you have prosperity or whether you don't. As Paul said here, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both having abundance and suffering need. So he's basically had all of these situations. And what does he do? Same thing. Praises God. 
You know, I've run into some Christian folks and that amaze me at just how laid back they are at circumstances. And you'll see how steady they are. It's, it's kind of like when Jesus was sleeping in the bottom of the boat and the winds came up and the disciples were like, come on, Jesus, what are you doing, man? Can't you see we're going to die out here? And Jesus is like, you guys, man, I'm sleeping, but I'll, <sighs> okay. All right, wind, please stop. Stop. That way I can go back to sleep. Oh, you of little faith. And Jesus just kind of took that opportunity to say, come on, guys, you're worried about the wind? <laughs> really? Don't you know that you're with God? God is with you in the boat. God is with you in your life. What are you worried about a little wind? What are you worried about the circumstances that you're seeing around you? So, you know, you don't have steak today. You have uh, some hamburger helper, you know? So, you got food, don't you? And if you start griping about the hamburger helper, chances are God's going to send you more hamburger helper just so you learn to be a little patient. But hey, Paul has obviously lived a good life and he has learned. Again, here he says he's learned. This is not something that you're going to just get. Oh yeah, I'm just going to do it. It's learned. And how do we learn? We get an education. And how do we get an education? By getting the same thing taught to us over and over and over again. Repetition makes education, you know, but the truth of the matter, the real basis of the matter is what are you focused on? Are you focused on your circumstances or are you focused on he who is watching over your circumstances? He who is looking over your circumstances and saying they're going to fit my purpose. He's going to fulfill my goals and what I want to do, not only in his life, but in my creation, in my world. So Paul has learned I can do all things through him. In this translation, it says him in the New American Standard translation, but it's also through Christ who strengthens me. Now, people say, you know, and, and I've heard all kinds of people use this. I mean, we've used it all the time, I'm sure, between ourselves. Oh, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I've used it at the gym, man, when I'm lifting weights. All right, I got to lift. I can do this through Christ that strengthens me. But I don't think that that's what Paul's talking about here. This is not some psychobabble thing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which basically means, you know what? I'm going to put my strength aside. I'm going to stop relying on me. Oh, I got this. No, you don't got this. No. You know, for years and years and years in my life as a non-believer, I had this. And when I finally came to myself, I realized, as Jesus said, I was naked and blind spiritually and physically and didn't realize it. And when I realized it, I said, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this. I need the strength of Jesus Christ on a daily basis to do what I do. So the only way that I came to realizing that, folks, was by getting tired. By getting tired. Tired of doing it myself. Tired of trying to do everything and making these lofty plans and all of these different goals and aspirations that I had, instead of saying, God, I'm your creation. What would you like me to do? What is your purpose? And allow me to plug into it. Show me where you want me to plug in. So many of us go, God, what is your will for my life? No, 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 no. It's not the way it works. God, what is your will? God, what is your will? Let me plug into that. Instead of asking God, let's try it for a week, guys, and write us a testimony. Info at blindjesusfreak.com. 
Let us know what happens. But just start asking God, God, what is your will? And then watch around you for special moments, God-ordained moments or divine appointments where you see what God is doing around you and you'll see how those doors just open up and you're invited into these situations. Instead of running around harem scarum saying, okay, God, is this, is that, is this, and putting out fleeces everywhere, just be still and say, God, I love you. Jesus, I want to serve you. I want to accomplish your purpose here. I want to continue, Jesus, the work that you left us here to do on earth. For your word says that what you did, I'll do and more because you went to the Father to prepare a place for me. So, God, what is your purpose? What is your will? And plug me in. Guide me. I surrender to you because I can do all things that you call me to do through Christ that strengthens me. Amen? Amen. So, that is our short but sweet Bible study for the evening. And uh, I hope uh, that it blessed you as much as it has blessed me. Before we uh, get on out of here, I just wanted to open up the mics here for uh, Lisa and for Jamie and see if we got anything going on. Chat's been fairly quiet as far as I can tell. People have just been listening. How does this speak to you, Jamie or Lisa, as far as the whole thing of Philippians 4.11 through 4.13? I mean, it's just comforting to know that he's there with us. I mean, my father was in uh, an accident today. My sister and brother-in-law's house actually exploded, propane. And my dad was in the house and, um, I mean, could have just as easily been killed or seriously injured. Um, It's kind of strange because he was in the house. So, in a way, he was in the midst of of danger in the midst of the catastrophe, but yeah, it wasn't harmed. I mean, why didn't God have him clear outside or you know, a mile away? We find ourselves in situations, but yet at the same time, God brings us through them. Isn't that an interesting scenario? Because anybody driving by that saw that would say, man, if there was somebody, I mean, the first thing that I, when Lisa told me about it, I said, yeah. were they home? And she hadn't told me that, that your dad was in the house. I don't know if she knew. But my goodness, what a testimony, Absolutely. dude. That That is crazy, wild yeah. stuff. Praise God, man. That's awesome. And, and you just don't know what your day is going to be like. I mean, my, my dad even said that. You know, your day starts out normal and then it ends pretty rough, you know? Wow. 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 Praise God. That is an amazing testimony though, man. And that, and that, that's why God allows that kind of stuff to happen. Now, I would assume that your dad would not have voluntarily run into that house and said, yes, God, use me in the midst of an explosion. But because he did, now what an amazing testimony, not only your dad has for the rest of his days here until he goes back to Jesus, but man, You've got a tremendous testimony for the rest of your days. And we're, how many of us aren't going to run around and go, man, I was listening to a podcast the other day and this guy was talking about his dad was in the midst of a, of an explosion, of a propane explosion and God saved him out of that. And how many people aren't going to be encouraged by that one thing? Exactly. And th- that's the thing about the word of our testimony that's so powerful as to what God can do. You know, Jamie's uh, family situation brought something to mind of mine. Um, as some of you know, about a year and a half ago now, I woke up one normal seeming morning and by the end of the day was out of my house and had lost the vast majority of my things due to a flood. You didn't even build an ark, did you? Oh no. (laughs) 
no time. But, you know, it was really hard because for a while I was angry because I thought, you know, anything I'd had, I would have given to anybody who asked. But I didn't have a choice. It was just taken. And I kind of thought, well, you know, after when reason finally comes to visit, you know, I thought, well, really, it wasn't my stuff to begin with. Amen. But knowing that feeling of your life really changing in a day, and there have been some long-standing allergy-related stuff as a result of the flood. I'm now allergic and can't have a guide dog, and that's been hard. But yet, I really sympathize, I empathize, and I feel like I know better how to pray for Jamie's family and the hurt that they're feeling and the hurt that they're probably too numb to even feel yet, you know, knowing that life can change like that in a day. And, you know, our world is fallen, and I don't think God wants us to have these experiences, but I think He allows them sometimes to bring us closer to Him, but also to help us to know what others are going through, to know how to pray. I mean, everything didn't explode, but everything changed in a day. And so God was able to use that to give me a better idea how to pray for somebody else who has a need. When you look at situations, I I used to live in Miami and I went through Hurricane Andrew, which was the most devastating hurricane, I believe, in history, if I remember correctly. I don't know if uh, hurricanes after that have been worse, but I remember at that time, at least for sure in South Florida, it was the worst hurricane ever. And the hopelessness, you know, and that's the thing is that as Christians, like you said, when reason comes to visit, and boy, do I wish that reason will move into my house permanently, but I haven't had that happen yet. <laughs> um, if any of you have found the secret, whatever it is, you got to cook for reason to stick around your house or whatever, whatever reason likes to make it stick around permanently, please do write us an email. But reason has only come to visit at my house from duct occasion- tape. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's all about duct tape. Ask buddy. So you can duct tape reason to a chair. Um, well, you stay. <laughs> but uh, try it. Let us all know how that works for you. But I, I watched all the folks in Miami and the hopelessness, and I didn't know the Lord at the time, and I just got the heck out of Dodge. I remember. We lived in a relatively quiet neighborhood at the time, and I heard some guy screaming at his wife because of something, not putting something on the barbecue right because they didn't have any electricity, and he was just shouting at her and using all kinds of foul language, and I just said, uh, it's time to go, people. <laughs> so we got out of Dodge and came up here to Orlando to visit, and I remember we were away for four days or so, and uh, that was in my hustling days. I came back with a bunch of chainsaws and finance my trip to Orlando, back down to Miami. But then when I moved here to Orlando, years later, as a believer, and we went through not one, not two, but three consecutive hurricanes in 2004. And at that time, I'm sure Matt is in the audience and he remembers that, you know, we went through all that. I couldn't work. Serotech was, was very young at the time. There was hardly any money coming in. Matt and I were trying to hustle up different programming work that we could do on the side, whatever it was. And it was just a matter of maintaining hope. And at that time, I learned so much about my faith and learned so much about depending on God and counting on Him and watching God come through and providing hope where there really wasn't any and doing miracles, financial miracles, miracles of stretching food beyond belief, keeping the electricity on. A month before one of the hurricanes, my wife had a little girl. That was when my daughter Kelly was born. 
a month before. And I remember hurricane raging around outside of the house and us putting Kelly in the bassinet in the bathroom, you know, praying and God, please, you know, keep the wind away from, you know, keep the windows up, you know, and, and we didn't even lose electricity, but we still didn't have work after that. It was a, a tough time, but the Lord carried us through and there was hope. And that really speaks to our scriptures tonight where we learn to live by hope. We learn to live in plenty and we learn to live with a little because we know that no matter what, God is with us. And that is so important that you, listener, be encouraged. Be encouraged, brothers and sisters. He's right there. And if we just stay quiet and listen for that still small voice. You know, I heard a guy tell me once, he said, Mikey, he said, you know, the Holy Spirit leads, the devil pushes. And that's so important. When you feel urgency, oh, this has got to happen. Oh, that's got to happen. Stop. And as the Bible says, test the spirits. Say, God, is that you? Hello, Jesus, is that you? Are you really pushing me this hard to do this? And I I, I I don't know about you, uh, Jamie and Lisa, but I can tell you most of the time when I've done that, I stop and and I listen for the voice of the Lord. And <laughs> ain't me, isn't me. I'm yeah. glad you do stop and listen because you know, for me, I'm back to this briefly, but the I don't always stop and listen. Flood, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, the day of the flood, there was one thing that really stuck out in my mind as the best thing that happened that day. I was in the car. And we had loaded to the gills, and I had my dog, and we had our stuff. And you called me, and you wanted to see if I was okay and if I needed anything. And you prayed with me, and I had tears running down my face. Some levels for which I take medication were going very low. I was shaking horribly. But briefly, for that time knowing that someone was reaching out across those miles and that we were reaching up gave me an immeasurable amount of peace. And you can physically feel it sometimes. It's not just oh, a yeah. Yeah, of, uh, just, just an abstract, oh, so, someone's praying. I mean, I can remember. I wasn't particularly in the frame of mind to be feeling any good vibes no. <laughs> at that point. Another wild story, I guess. This is my night to tell testimonies. Um, had three members of my family die in one week. A grandma oh who goodness. was very much expected. A grandpa, which is my mom's dad, that was totally unexpected. And her brother. Each one died on the day of the previous person's funeral. You talk about a bizarre set of circumstances. That, that was is like, bizarre. I'm sorry, I'm not laughing. No, like, it's just- man, dude, it's... I'm. <laughs> It's crazy now. It's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> but to, I mean, we had people kind of steering clear of us. It's like, um, yeah, we're sorry for you, but we're not going to come around because we don't know what's going on with your life here. <laughs> but I had some friends pray with me and I can remember just almost physically, you know, like if you eat a full meal, I just went from being so empty to kind of like Lisa said, for the space of a few moments, really physically almost feeling full. I just, I knew that I had been strengthened by that person's prayers. Wow, that's awesome. To God be the glory. I, I can tell you, I've, I've been uh, both on the giving and the receiving side of amazing prayer, and uh, I am blessed to be married to a prayer warrior. Uh, my wife is an intercessor of huge proportion. This woman is one of those wonderful people that can pray for hours. I cannot. It is very difficult for me to pray for hours. But she will go and she will weep before the Lord, and she will cry out, and she'll fast, and she'll pray. 
day and she'll, my goodness. And the prayers of a righteous person availeth much. And I am just so thankful for the power of prayer, for what prayer can do, and for the answer when people do pray and when people heed the voice of the Holy Spirit. So that's that's awesome. Well, folks, thanks for your testimonies. We could probably sit here and, and talk about them all night. But, you know, I don't want this to just be a conversation between us three listeners. I really want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Send us an email to info at blindjesusfreak.com. If you'd like to send us an MP3 file, you're welcome to do that too. We'll be happy to play it right here in the podcast. It would be very awesome. We don't have a phone line yet, but if you use iBlink Radio, you're welcome to send us an iReport as well. If you don't know what iBlink Radio is, it is an application that is put out by Serotech Corporation, which is basically the pulse of the blind community. If there's a program being put out by blind folks, a radio station being run by blind folks, learning materials, all kinds of different resources, it's available on iBlink Radio. It's uh, available for both Android and iOS for your iPod or your iStuff. And you can just look for iBlink Radio in the App Store or in in uh, on Apple and uh, in the Play Store for Android, and uh, send us an iReport. Please do feel free to follow us at Blind Jesus Freak on Twitter, and please visit our website, www.blindjesusfreak.com. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Jamie, for joining me again this week. Remember uh, to be salt and light to somebody this week. Look for that divine appointment, and as we said earlier in the podcast, please make sure Ask God, God, what is your purpose? What is your will? And watch how he's going to plug you in. Until next week, God bless you. See you then. Thank you for checking out the Blind Jesus Freak podcast with your host, Mike Calvo, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment and you made it this far, we see you stuck around. If you learned something, we invite you to add us to your favorite podcasting software and make us a part of your regular biblical studies. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's word. Yes, the pun is totally intended. So stop being politically correct and let's just relate to one another as God's kids. For more information about this ministry, visit us on the web at www.blindjesusfreak.com and learn how easy it is for you to connect with us and a bunch of other Jesus Freaks on your favorite social networks. Remember, everybody's a freak about something. Join us and be a freak about Jesus. After all, he's crazy about you.